It's time for the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. Woo! Welcome back, Falcomaniacs. Welcome to the Fantasy Falcon Football Podcast. And welcome in to all you Fantasy Falcon champions. If you took your league down, we are there with you and we are proud of you, Falcomaniacs. I'm your host, Kyle Faulkner, joined, as always, by my co-host, Jeff Faulkner, and a special guest, our West Coast correspondent, the former champ, Mr. Tyler Walzak. How you doing, boys? <laughs> Great. You know, I do, I noticed that last episode, uh, last week, you mentioned former champ at least three times, and I took offense to it, and I wrote it down, and I think I sent you the Michael Jordan, uh, and I took that personally <laughs> yeah. This week, because I do take it personally, and I did lose this year, but um, I'm happy with the champion we got. Yeah, me too. And, uh, you know, I I feel justified in, in throwing that in there because, uh, you know, all season long, you've been Tyler the champ. I've had to say it. It's pained me every time. And uh, now you're just a loser like me. So welcome back to Earth, buddy. Well, you know what I, you know what I think we should do is, you know how... When you're a coach in the NFL, you're just called coach for the rest of your life. Or when you're a heavyweight champion fighter of the world, they just call you champ. Like Mike Tyson just goes around and people just call him champ. I feel like that should be fantasy football. You win once, you're champ for life. Oh, okay. So just, yep, champ. Yeah, so it's it's, it's yeah. champ, champ here with champ and champ. And, uh, yep, this yeah. is entertaining uh, listening. Oh, man. Jeff, how are you well, doing, buddy? You what, guys, I... Oh, I'm okay. I'm doing great. You know, another amazing week of football. Everybody knows me and Kyle are big Steelers fans. It was an emotional Monday night, and it was basically storybook. Uh, so that was obviously great. Uh, but I hear you guys saying I'm happy with the champion we have, and I do not share that. Side. Maybe I'm just a big sucky baby sore loser, which I definitely am. Um, but unless it's me, I'm never happy with the champion. So um, maybe that'll change as we move on with the podcast and people let us know that we've helped them get there. I'll feel, you know, a little better about other people winning, but yeah, I'm just selfish that way. I want it's uh, you know, if you ain't winning, you're losing kind of thing. Um, but other than that, I'm great, man. How are you guys doing? Well, yeah. Jeff, I got I, the reason I'm happy with the winner we have is we had a guy in our league in the last week of the regular season, sit all of his stars and just put a bunch of jabronis into his starting lineup because he wanted to lose against our champion, our, our then our now champion Nate, but he wanted to lose in the final round of the regular season to Nate so that Nate would make the playoffs only because he thought he had a better chance at beating Nate than he did some of the other guys. So he specifically lost so that Nate could get in so that he could beat <laughs> Nate in the first round. And then Nate ran the tables all playoffs and won the fantasy championship yeah. league for sorry for partying. And it was karma at its best. And it's going to be a season that we live because of it. Uh, it'll be like one of those um, NFL um, TV shows they have, one of the special series. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. funny you mentioned karma because there was some weird karma in our finals of the League of Note. And Kyle, I know we knew you got to get into the episode, but, um, you know, there was some, a situation where some defensive players, we started four IDPs and studs were dropped right before the finals. And one of the teams in the finals had the most fab and was able to pick up t- Miles Garrett and... Nick Bosa, who are just, you know, absolute game wreckers. Um, and the Karma gods weren't on his side, and they both put up dud weeks and kind of cost him the matchup. So it's funny how Karma can be involved. And, you know, luck is a huge part of fantasy football as well. Um, but, yeah, it's funny to hear it, it kind of goes past our league, which, you know, when it's, when it's happening, you think it's only happening to you. Yep. The fantasy what, gods what, must be what pleased. The what was the reason for dropping those two guys? Because didn't we talk? We, I sent a question in last week about this exact scenario. Yeah, just sucky babies. Yeah, you know. well, it, 
<laughs> yeah, it depends who you ask. It's I don't want to get into it too much. It's going to lead to the tweaking of a rule, and uh, so we can avoid stuff like this yeah. moving forward. But uh, it did happen, and yeah, it didn't work out. Yeah, good. I'm glad it didn't. I like stories like that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> except except when I'm not on the winning end. So, oh well. Anyways, folks, uh, we're happy to have you here with us. Um, you know, kind of in a regular week, we're down to one episode a week now through the off season. Uh, this will be similar to our in season episodes because of course there are some players who are still, um, you know, taking part in daily fantasy for week 18. And of course there are some leagues that are not decided yet. There are some leagues that are going to find out who their champ is this week. So as always, Falcomaniacs, we are here for you. We want to help you go get those dollar dollar bills and those fantasy Falcon championships. Yeah, we do. We're uh, 91 episodes into this thing, Kyle. Um, we're going to do the jersey swap. I just want to make it clear, the, the teams involved in that shadiness in our league, uh, the team that made it to the finals, he didn't, didn't do any shady. There was not like a backdoor deal or anything. He just happened to pick up the guys because they were there, and it didn't work out. So I just want to clarify that. Uh, too bad, Tim. I was rooting for you in the finals. Craig ended up pulling at the W, another a great league member and a first-time winner. So congrats to him. Anyways, episode number 91, jersey swap number 91. Who we rocking, fellas? We got Dennis Rodman, the worm. Kevin Green, an all-time linebacker with the Steelers and the Panthers. Preston Smith, current linebacker with the Packers. Cameron Wake, who I put on this list because he's got a little CFL and NFL, uh, you know, production. Fletcher Cox is one of the you know best middlemen uh, to ever play the game on the line. Tom Bahali, John Tavares, or Steven Stamp goes for in the NHL. Which one are you rocking, number ninety-one? Oh, go ahead, Tyler. Guess first. <laughs> All right, because I'm going, but I'm going off book here. Ooh. There's two that you forgot that I think are noteworthy. One of them is a guy that a lot of hockey fans probably hated during the '90s, um, just probably because of the way Don Cherry talked about him. But Sergei Fedorov wore number 91, mm. uh, Hall of Fame hockey player. But more importantly, and this is uh, also for you, Steve Henning, because I know he's screaming out this name right now. <laughs> number 91 for the Detroit Lions, Robert. Porsche, second most sacks in the league from 1996 to 2001, um, an anchor in the defensive <laughs> line for the Detroit Lions. Okay, I'm rocking him. a Robert Porsche jersey every single time, <laughs> and I, I love that. The guy's a legend. Shame on you, Jeff. Jeez. Yeah. Gonna, you know, I, I'll read my mid 90s Detroit Lions almanacs. Yeah. Uh, I'll go back and check those out and see. Uh, we're gonna have to hey, fire second most producer. sacks in the league. Yeah, no, that's pretty. Like that's. A long, I love those kind of players. That's a long yeah. stretch. Yeah, that's impressive. For me, I'm torn. No, I love I'm, like the, the. Sorry, Kyle. Oh yeah, no. Uh, I was just gonna say. For me, I'm torn. Uh, I'm torn between Johnny T, John Tavares, you know, captain of the Maple Leafs. Um, but I don't know if I can suffer through owning another Maple Leafs jersey. So I might actually go with the worm. I might go with a Rodman. It's just a question of, uh, you know, which dentist. Do you want the Bulls? Do you want the bad boys? Do you want uh, out in out in Texas? What do you want here? Um, but any of those would be pretty good. I just would have to get a dye job done on my hair to wear it. I like it. Yeah, I'd go with the worm, too. I think he actually only wore number 91 in Chicago. I think he was 10 in Detroit, and uh, I think well, he – probably wore number 69 at some point but yeah number 91 for sure <laughs> on the bulls is a sweet jersey um and i was just gonna say uh, uh, the guy you mentioned tyler i already forget his name sorry but uh, i love those type Robert of players Porsche. like there you go greg lloyd is the reason i became a steelers fan and it just happened to be i was looking at a magazine and he was on the cover and they wrote about how nasty he hit people and you know he's not a guy an all-time great but he's the reason i love the steelers and so i love when you have like guys like that that you know made you fans of that team that's sweet i like it yeah he's well, a guy i'll never forget never forget him 
We're off to a good start here, fellas. We got lots going on and lots to get to, so uh, let's get things going with the opening kickoff. Opening kickoff. All right, so we are down to, I can't believe it, the longest NFL season ever, and we're already at the end of it. Fantasy seasons are basically wrapped up. We're down to the last week of the NFL regular season. So let's talk about awards. Let's talk about those individual player awards. I want to hear from you guys who you have taking some of these home. So uh, let's start with the big one here. Let's start with the league MVP. Uh, Jeff, who do you got taking home the MVP this year? I think it has to be Aaron Rodgers. I mean, as much as I don't want it to be, I think he's just playing on a level that's his own. It's like he's got 35 touchdowns and four picks. Uh, Packers are the number one FC or seed in the NFC. You know, I've read some, you know, there's all kinds of articles about this uh, journalist who's not going to give him the vote because they don't like him personally. <laughs> I don't uh, think that yeah. should ma- match up unless it's something terrible. That, but, yeah, I don't think that should be a reason you don't vote for the guy. I'm, I'm taking Rodgers. Tyler, what about you? I mean, I think you have to go with Aaron Rodgers, and I think the NFL hates it more than anybody, uh, but come on. like you Give a round of applause to Joe Burrow for the year he had in Cincinnati, Jonathan Taylor, who could have been a running back that won it, but this is Aaron Rodgers' trophy two years in a row. I hate to say it as a Lions fan, but man, that guy is good. He's got the best odds right now. Uh, he'll be, I think, only the second guy ever to get four MVPs if he wins it and only one away from uh, Peyton Manning. But I honestly think this is one of those situations where, um, you know, even though what Rodgers has done this year has obviously been MVP caliber and been amazing, I think that a lot of people will cast their votes as kind of the Lifetime Achievement Award. I think it's going to be uh, Tom Terrific. Um, you know, what he's what he's doing at his age wow. is uh, outstanding. He's been in the conversation all year as well, and uh, I think he's going to get a lot of respect from those people casting votes. All right, well, what about the young guns here? Let's talk about the uh, Offensive Rookie of the Year. Who do you, uh, Jeff, who do you have taken that one home? Well, it's funny, yes. Um um, usually we record on Mondays and Thursdays and there's a game on and we're watching it on the background kind of thing. I actually have some football on. It's a replay of the Chiefs and the Bengals game and I'm watching Jamar Chase do his thing and he's my vote. Um, you know, he's doing things we've never seen from rookie receivers. After taking a year off last year, the connection with Burrow is is real and it's going to be here for a while. So, uh, yeah, he's my choice. Even though, you know, Mac Jones is having a great year, there's some other players. Jalen Waddle's coming on strong at the end here, but I think Jamar Chase is the answer. Tyler, do you agree with that? I do agree with that. I mean, Mac Jones would probably be the other option, but you look at it's unfortunate that he had that one game against the Bills in the snow and the wind, and it's and he threw the ball three times, and they won the game, and he didn't have to do anything. Um, and Jamar Chase is not only the most offensive rookie of the year, but he is one of the best wide receivers in the game right now, and that gives him a little bit edge over uh, over Mac Jones. So yeah, Jamar Chase, I think, is the uh, number one option. Yeah, that's a sweep for us. I, uh, you know, I was not a believer coming into the season. I was buying into all the chatter that, you know, he was having timing issues. He was having trouble with separation. He was looking rusty. And, uh, you know, it's definitely been an up and down year. But as far as performance as a as a rookie, you're exactly right. He's he's not just I don't think the best rookie offensive weapon, but one of the top, you know, already elite weapons in the league. So, uh, yeah, he's on fire. 
Now on the defensive, I, you know, th- there's really two names that's been talked about all year. For me, it's not really that close of a discussion. Uh, I think it's Micah Parsons uh, with the Cowboys all the way. I think what it's, you know, almost the equivalent of Chase. He's proven himself to be one of the one of the top kind of all around defensive guys um, in his first season. Um, what about you guys? Do you have somebody different? Ahead, Not me. No, I've got uh, Parsons as well. He's just been a game wrecker, and you know we got, we got some news about him potentially missing this week. I hope it doesn't happen. I hope he's able to come back and play every game this season. Uh, yeah, he's a lot of fun to watch, and if you hear him talk, he's like, "Man, this the NFL is easier than I thought it was." <laughs> so um, yeah, I love this kid, and, and he's uh, he's he's definitely. Too, I mean, there was talk of him winning Defensive Player of the Year at, at one point this year, late in the season. Yeah. So uh, I think the rookie is, is his award. I think he's actually in the top three or four of, of the Vegas betting odds for Defensive Player of the Year. So, yeah, Micah Parsons, Defensive Rookie of the Year, it's not even a contest. <clears throat> now, what about the old uh, What about the old vets? Or I guess they don't have to be vets, but the, the full-out, the offensive player and defensive player. Um, you know, defensive player for me, let, let's start with the defensive guys because I'm going to be a total homer on this one. Jeff, I'm pretty sure I know where you stand. Uh, yeah. I think that... Uh, <laughs> As far as I'm concerned, this is a back-to-back award because last year, you know, all respect to Aaron Donald, uh, it was TJ Watts to lose, and he didn't lose it. It was stolen from him. But this year, the the wrong will be righted. TJ will take it. Yeah, I'm I guessing mean, he's Jeff, only played like with 12 TJ games. Well. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. only played like 12 games this year, and he's got what two thousand sacks on the season, <laughs> one and a half, like. He needs one and a half to break the all-time record, and he's missed a bunch of time. Um, yeah, I mean, the display he put on Monday night, he kind of took over that game, four-sack effort on in primetime football. What a show. And, you know, his brother's recognizing him with tweets. It's it's pretty awesome, man. TJ Watt's my answer for sure. Tyler, you on board or um, what? Well, let me say something about this. Boo! Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was reading, so I was trying to find every reason to not pick TJ Watt. And I read an article today about some guy out there that said Aaron Donald, if he doesn't win this year, it is one of the biggest robberies of the century. And I was like, what is he talking about? And I looked into it, and the statistics he was using is not wrong, but you can use whatever statistic you want in the world to try to fight your argument. Um, I do think that the first half of the season, I was leaning towards Trayvon Diggs, who had an excellent year. But just the fact that TJ Watt has I thought he only I thought he played 15 games I don't know if it's 12 that's even more impressive but um, the fact that he is going to destroy uh, Michael Strahan's record hopefully next week I'd love to see it because that's super exciting Um, and he's going to do it without the need of that extra game because we're going to talk about the offensive rookies soon and the there's a whole bunch of records that are going to be, or not the offensive rookies, but the offensive players. There's a whole bunch of records that are going to be broken this year because of that extra game. And thankfully, this sack record is not one of them. This is actually going to be broken with less games. So I do think that TJ Watt gets it. And if he breaks the record for sacks, I don't know what person would vote for him not to get it. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you're exactly right. You can use statistics to prove whatever you want. And uh, last year, the stats leaned Watt's way. Um, I definitely understand, you know, the argument of how offenses change their whole game script around a guy like Aaron Donald. And I understand why that still has happened this year, even when he doesn't stand out on the score sheet. 
Um, he's affecting the game every play that he's in there, but uh, I think that I think that they've got to give due where it's due. All right, what about the the point getters, the offensive players of the year? Uh, Tyler, who are you who are you going for? I'm I'm wondering if you're going to go with one of your fantasy darlings for offensive player of the year this year. So, Alan and I think this is kind of what what you can say about uh, what you can say about T.J. Watt and Aaron Donald maybe last year. The best argument you have is this is not the most valuable offensive player. This is just offensive player. So I was originally leaning towards Jonathan Taylor because he is the most valuable player to an offense. But I'm going to go with Cooper Cup because he is with that extra game. He does have all 17 games. He's going to smash uh, some records if he has just an average game. He'll break the most receptions record, record held by Michael Thomas, and then he'll probably b- break Calvin Johnson's record um, with that extra game, and I can't say that enough. But I will say that Cooper Cup is having <laughs> an absolutely amazing offensive season, and I think that he probably deserves Offensive Player of the Year. Jeff, what about you? What do you think? Well, it's this one's tough for me, and I think it's going to be, you know, I- either cup or Taylor get recognized. It's not going to be the quarterbacks who are just, you know, they're having crazy good years too. Um, and I love that you keep mentioning the extra game for cup. Cause even he mentioned it. He said, I don't think my, if I do break the record, it would carry as much weight as a 16 game season. So hat tip to him for recognizing that. Yeah, um, but I think it's right. going to be Jonathan Taylor. If the Colts make the playoffs, if, uh, if they get past the Jags this week, which, you know, sounds like it's no problem, but I think the Jags have beat them six times in a row at home. So, um, it's no easy feat. I think they will beat them, and I think Taylor's going to be the reason, and I think he's going to carry his entire team to the playoffs kind of single-handedly, and I think that's why he'll get the, the award. But Cooper Cup's year is, is absolutely silly. I was leaning towards Taylor. Uh, just what he's done has been outstanding. But Cup, even without the records, you know, even without um, the extra game and, and what may come of that with the receptions and the yards, you look at the year that he has had – he has been, I don't know if I've ever seen something more consistent. He's only had under 90 yards one time all season long. That's disgusting. Multiple games over 100 yards, multiple two touchdown games. Um, you know, uh, fantasy, he's, and where he went in fantasy, obviously, uh, he's the savior of so many yeah, teams. True. But uh, as far as NFL, like he has just been from day one with Matt Stafford. You know, game one, he was seven catches for 108 and a touchdown on 10 targets. And game 16, he was six for 95 and a touchdown, seven targets. And he's just done the same thing all season long. I think that uh, I think that Cup's going to get it. All right. The last one is the uh, the bench managers, the coach of the year. I know, I know Dan Campbell, I think, is the runner-up for all three of us. I'm not sure if any of us uh, boosted <laughs> him up, but I love what he's doing. Um, for me, personally, it there's a few good candidates, but uh, it has to be Mike Vrabel for me. Um, what he's managed to do with that team, they always look ready to win. They lost possibly the best weapon in the league and have continued along their way for half a season and now are in position to potentially be the number one seed overall. Um, I think it's just outstanding what he's done with with lacking players with injury, with COVID. Um, yeah, it's awesome out there in Tennessee. Jeff, what do you got? Well, this one's tough. And I, I, Vrabel was like kind of out of my mind because I narrowed it down to two. I thought you know, Zach Taylor with the Bengals has done an amazing job. And then obviously Matt LaFleur with uh, Green Bay is just doing – he does this every year. But he actually has been dealing with it like – 
all off season with the Rodgers drama. He never kind of broke. He's, I think it's Matt LaFleur. You know, I'm not going to get into it too much. I think it's Matt LaFleur. Um, wow. But there's still a lot of good coaching options. Vrabel is another one as well. It's tough for me to go with LaFleur just because I know how ingrained Aaron Rodgers is with running that system. Like when LaFleur came in, he told Aaron Rodgers, um, this is like, this is the system we have. We don't audible at the line. And Aaron Rodgers basically was like, no, I've got 13 years of experience, whatever you want. I'm calling plays on the line. I'm changing it up based on what I see. And they, those two together have, I would say, like, most improved relationship maybe. But um, I would I, I don't know. I think what Zach Taylor has done with the Bengals is more impressive than Matt LaFleur. And I do think that I, I'm going to say that my pick is uh, Mike Vrabel because he's basically Santa Claus that lost Rudolph on the – snowiest day of the year that was the only guy that could uh, henry was the only guy that could get him to where he had to go and he lost derrick henry and he found a way to win he found a way to get through these games julio jones didn't do anything he lost aj brown he lost all of his offensive weapons and he got it done so i think vrabel is the the choice um but i wouldn't count out zach taylor and my wild card pick for coach of the year bill belichick yeah that's bill belichick has got them back with one first round pick the guy that wasn't supposed to be a first round pick until like the last week of the draft. Um, and now people are saying like, he should have been the second guy off the board. So um, I think Bill Belichick has a, uh, he's got an argument in the case, which would be cool if he won it. That would be weird and cool. If Bill Belichick wins coach of the year, Tom Brady wins MVP of the year and they play in the Super Bowl. Ooh, Ooh. TV, Ooh. TV ratings. <laughs> Get the McMahon's on Roger this. Goodell just faint. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, we'll see uh, how that yeah. turns out. We got one out. more week yeah. in the season. Yeah, exactly. See how it plays out. We got one more week to watch, um, and we'll follow up with that for sure. But we got lots of episode here to get into as well, and we haven't even got to the fantasy news yet. So let's do that. I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story, and I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. It's time for fantasy football news. Super quick, and I'm sure you guys have seen this. Everybody in the world has seen this. AB basically retired from the or quit the Buccaneers in the middle of the game. It's kind of one of the craziest scenes anybody's ever seen with the Jets uh, or in New York with uh, the Bucks playing the Jets. They were losing at the time, which was also crazy. Um, but there's been tons of rumors about the reasoning why he did this. And now some big accusations coming out from maybe like right before we press record tonight. Uh, he's saying he's been injected with a they injected him with a dangerous painkiller that uh, to get over the extreme pain he's dealing with. And, you know, this is obviously something that happens in locker rooms all throughout the league for years and years and years. But now it's coming out and this could, you know, open up some bad situations for the league as a whole. I don't know. It's just it's a crazy scene. AB is going to you know basketball games and getting Uber rides. Uh, you know, he's getting lots of attention, releasing rap songs at the same time. Um, so, you know, it's a sad, weird situation. And I'm not going to get into it too much. But, uh, you know, this painkiller thing is a new twist that uh, I think will, you know, be taken with, uh, or, you know, a lot of people have eyes on for sure. Uh, back to football news on the field. Derrick Henry back at practice. A bad time of the year for the rest of the AFC and the NFL. Uh, he's, they've opened up the window for him to return from the IR. Uh, you know, this is the, you know, Kyle said we we're talking about Vrabel winning coach of the year without this guy. If he comes back and is fresh for the playoffs, uh, uh, holy crow. It's going to be fun to watch if you're a Titans fan. So keep an eye on his status. Don't know if he'll play this week. They may get him a little bit of action before the playoffs start. But uh, yeah, that's good timing for the Titans. 
Joe Burrow is going to sit out this week uh, to rest his knee. The Bengals kind of don't have a lot to play for. Um, we're going to get into that maybe later on. But, uh, yeah, so they're going to opt to rest him this week against the Browns. Uh, hopefully he gets that knee uh, healed up. He took some blows at the end of that game and looked pretty ginger. Uh, he said he could play if he needed to, but they're going to rest him up and hopefully get him right for the playoffs. And another quarterback with some news this week is San Francisco's quarterback, Jimmy G. He's back at practice uh, in a limited fashion. Uh, Trey Lance obviously got the win over the Texans, but uh, Jimmy G is back at practice. Who knows what's going to happen there? I think, you know, if Jimmy G is healthy enough to go, that he will start. But Shanahan actually did say he will not be announcing a starter at this time. So I don't know if that says more about Jimmy G's health or, or what he thinks about uh, Lance and, and the situation. But keep an eye on that because that affects a lot of, uh, you know, fantasy studs this year. Yeah, that's you see coaches do that sometimes, but in this case, it actually might make sense in terms of gamesmanship because that's a totally different defensive plan for the Rams, right? If you've got Lance under center or Garoppolo, um, like they're they're not similar basically at all. Um, so he may he may actually in a in kind of a must win situation be trying to get a bit of an advantage over their uh, D coordinator. Yeah, I think uh, it's going to be an interesting situation. The 49ers are right in the playoff race. They obviously want to win to get in, and it'll be interesting to see how the quarterbacks are utilized the rest of the way out here and then what happens in the offseason. That's it for the news. Let's check out the week that was. I won. I won. I won. I won. The week that was. How could this happen? How could this happen? So we're going to run through this a little quicker than we typically do because we want to get into the previews um, and kind of wrap up some season stuff. But uh, we're going to go over all the scores. The Tennessee Titans hosted the Miami Dolphins and beat the tar out of them. They crumbled them 34-3. to The front seven of Tennessee is probably the nastiest, fastest front seven in the NFL on defense. And uh, they're wrecking games, too. could get nothing going all day. And uh, that results in three points in the game. So Tennessee wins a big one at home and uh, clinches their playoff berth. Bills also get a big win at home against the Falcons. The weather was pretty crummy. Zach or, or Josh Allen uh, didn't throw the ball very well, but he ran a couple scores in. The Bills win 29-15 over Atlanta at home. Uh, this one was a, a blowout. We got a 50-burger. Patriots at home, 50-10 to over the Jaguars. Uh, Trevor Lawrence finally threw a touchdown pass. It was a rinky-dink screen <laughs> pass that was broke in a 45-point game. It was like watching my son play in Kyle and Madden in this one. I did um, it. But, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Exactly, I scored. But uh, the Patriots, you know, they're playing great football at the right time of the year. And like uh, Tyler said, they are, uh, it could be trouble in the AFC and maybe even make it all the way to the Super Bowl. Raiders-Colts, this one kind of surprised me. I thought the Colts were going to do what they, they kind of been doing the last few weeks. Uh, but the Raiders pulled out a big win on the road, 23-20. They scored on a last-second field goal. Hunter Renfro's making big plays. Uh, Carr's slinging the ball all over the place. You know, he's playing better than a lot of people are talking. Like, nobody's talking about Derek Carr and the Raiders, and he's playing a great year with all kinds of turmoil around him and the and the roster. Uh, so hat tip to him. And the Colts, this was a pretty disappointing loss for a team that was, you know, getting ready to play, you know, play a football. Now they kind of need to win in Jacksonville, a place they have a tough time playing, uh, to get into the playoffs. So, you know, they kind of control their own fate, but uh, this is a bad loss at home against uh, a Raiders team that, you know, is in playoff contention but isn't a real contender in my opinion. Our next game, Bucks 28, Jets 24. Last-second touchdown by Tom Brady. Let me uh, raise your hand if you heard that before. Last-second touchdown by Tom Brady in New York against the Jets. Raise the other hand if you heard that before. Uh, <laughs> it was a crazy game. A.B. left the game. Tom Brady did what he does. They got the win. And uh, the Jets, you know, they're showing some life at the end of the year, which they typically do. But uh, I will say Zach Wilson's playing better football the last couple weeks. 
Rams 20, Ravens 19, another one-point loss for Baltimore. The Rams' offense was not getting much going at all the first half of this game. Stafford was throwing picks, fumbles. Uh, it was bad look, but he ended up pulling it a win with the last uh, early eight-minute score. Uh, the Ravens, you know, they're fighting and clawing, and, and they're still in playoff contention right now, but they need to win and get some help uh, to make the playoffs, and they're pretty beat up. Doesn't sound like Lamar's back this week, so another one-point loss for Baltimore, and you'll love to see it as a Steelers fan. <laughs> and the last game I'm going to cover is the Eagles and the Washington football team. Eagles pull out another win. They are undefeated in uh, since the start of December. Uh, they clinched the playoff berth. They win in Washington 20-16. to 16. Uh, The run game is great. Their defense is playing really well, and Jalen Hurts almost died because the cl- stadium collapsed on him. Yeah, that's that's insane. I saw a letter he had uh, – I saw a letter that he posted um, basically to Washington, like, okay, what are you going to do now? But, uh, yeah, some real issues going on there in Washington. I'm sure it will all be fixed when they announce their new name, though. All right, we had yeah. some other we had some other humdingers. This was not one of them. The Bears demolished the Giants, twenty nine to three. We told you, we told you, Bears DST, put them in there. Um, but uh, yeah, the Bears look like they're going to be getting their quarterback, their future quarterback, at least back uh, this week. But uh, they've been getting it done with the backups in there. Um, this game was fantastic. The Chiefs and the Bengals, and this you know could be a, a preview of some rivalry to come. Uh, the Bengals squeaked it out, thirty-four to thirty-one over Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, and uh, you know they they must have said his girlfriend's name three times because after the game she reappeared on Twitter and just losing her mind, not happy with the outcome. The Chargers took care of business against the Broncos and Drew Locke, um, thirty-four to thirteen. Pretty, you know, pretty critical win for the Chargers. They put themselves into a must-win situation, and uh, the Broncos are just trying to pick up the pieces and, you know, make room for possibly a new quarterback next season. We'll see. Um, <laughs> Houston didn't have any more magic taking on the 49ers. San Francisco took it down 23-7. to um, You know, two teams at the end of the season going in opposite directions. We'll see what happens in Houston with, uh, you know, whether Davis Mills is the answer, uh, whether somehow they reconcile things with Watson and figure things out. I don't think that's very likely at this point, but uh, or maybe they are, they're another team that might be uh, on the books for a new a new play caller, but we'll see what happens. The Cardinals and the referees managed to team up and take down the evil empire Dallas Cowboys 25-22. to This was a huge win for Arizona. They have been struggling offensively. The Cowboys defense has been so stout but unable to do enough in this one. And uh, the offense struggling again to get a whole lot going. Uh, this is going to be a concern. You know, the Cowboys, have they're going to finish with a good record. They've got the division locked up. But uh, unless their offense can get things going here in the next couple of weeks like they did a couple of weeks ago, uh, they're going to be in trouble. Speaking of offenses getting things going, though, the Seahawks, 51 points, the high scores on the week. Take that, Belichick. 51, the Lions put up a good effort, 29 points, but uh, not even close to enough. Sorry, Tyler. Um, we got a few more here. We had the Saints and Panthers. The Saints squeaked one out 18 to 10 over Carolina. Carolina, again, you know, one of those teams that things just have not gone their way with uh, with some pretty key injuries. Anytime you have to bring back uh, Ace Boogie, you know, things didn't go your way. But uh, Sam Darnold did get the start in this one, and it was not great. We'll be talking about him, and I'll give you a hint it's not on the fantasy podium. 
Um, the Vikings, not enough of a matchup against the Packers. Aaron Rodgers and co are rolling and Kirk Cousins was out. Um, interestingly, you know, we talked about this a little bit. They didn't turn to their, uh, their draft pick, Kellen Mond, but, uh, the offense just couldn't get going. Dalvin Cook had nothing. And I don't, you know, not a real surprise here. The Vikings are a team that, uh, you know, may be moving on from their coaching staff in this, in this coming off season. So we'll see what happens in Minnesota, but, uh, they don't have all the answers they need right now. And like you mentioned, Jeff, the last game of the week, it was a good one. It finished off big. The Steelers defeated the Browns 26-14. to You know, not a, uh, I wouldn't say much of the performance for Big Ben is going on his career highlight reel, but uh, he got the job done. The defense came up huge, like, you know, 150 sacks. Um, big interception at the end by, uh, big interception at the end to give Big Ben one more chance to get out there and take a knee and, uh, Najee's run it. Yeah. You're just putting in the dock here. Like talk about a play. I've seen so many people posting online that, you know, basically their matchup was over and they had conceded and congratulated their opponent and all of a sudden, Najee Harris breaks through and takes off down the field. Massive run. I think his biggest run of the season. Huge touchdown. Uh, like a 16-point play. I don't. I, I would really be curious to see how many championships were decided on that, you know, mm-hmm. meaningless play, essentially. It iced the game. Um, a lot of people were actually kind of mad when he did it because he didn't just hit the turf and give Ben a chance to to take the applause and take a knee. He did get that chance, like I mentioned, with the pick. But holy smokes, like the number of people who thought they won and then lost and the number of people who thought that they for sure lost and then got a miracle, like the ultimate Monday night miracle in the Steelers-Browns game. Oh, big time. And I was and how like about watching those, it. Uh, Sorry, oh, go, go ahead, Tyler. Oh, I, was I was just saying, say, I, those, I was complaining to Kyle about, about uh... how... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go. go. Jeff, I was complaining go. to Kyle about Jeff, how they utilized Najee at, like, early in the game. It just felt like he was chunk after chunk after chunk, and then they get in the red zone, and Ben wanted to throw the touchdowns at home. And so, you know, Najee, if you have him on your, your roster, you're like, oh, man, he's never going to get this touchdown tonight, even though he deserves it the way he's running. And then he breaks it off at the end. Like, the roller coaster of emotion for Najee roster... Uh, is what must have been huge. Well, both uh, I was watching the Manning podcast, and both Eli and Peyton were like, "Go down, go down, go down, go down, go down." But he just there was no doubt he was running that into the end zone. And I'm with Kyle. I want to know how many people won or lost their fantasies based on that run. But more importantly, if we're talking about bad referees, how do you miss that timeout call to let Ben oh. Roethlisberger walk off? With like a standing ovation, like how do you miss that? Everybody in the stadium knows that that's about to happen. Take a knee, timeout. Everybody knows that that's the play. Let him walk off, and and like into the into the clouds. But oh my goodness, like how the referees mess that up is beyond me. There's also some breaking news that just came out right now. I don't, I don't know if you guys saw this, um, but I hate to to go. But oh. yeah, um, Antonio Brown sent out a massive message on social media saying that he wasn't he did not quit on the team he was cut there's some pretty damning stuff that Bruce Arians like put the ran its finger across his throat and said you're done get out of here um and then Antonio Brown's also saying that he had an emergency MRI after the game that showed a broken or a fracture in his foot and torn ligaments 
which is why he didn't want to go into the game because he felt something wrong. And now the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are demanding he go see a doctor of their choosing. And it's just like this, it's a two page essay that Antonio Brown has written out. And I think that this is, it was weird to begin with. And everyone was saying like his career is done, but because of this drama, I think he might actually get another chance somewhere else. Yeah, you know, reasonable doubt. And uh, I'm yeah. just looking here, Tyler. It looks like he's actually uh, planning to have surgery to correct whatever's going yeah. on. So if that's the case, um, you know, that's a big deal. It, you know, the it's interesting because the Bucks, um, they told him he was cut supposedly, but uh, they didn't actually cut him. They've held on to his rights so that no other team has a chance to uh, claim him. But, uh, yeah, this is, you know, talk about the Kurt Warner movie coming out. I can't wait for the Antonio Brown movie to come out. And he just keeps seeing he keeps Kevin seeming to be right. Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah. Wherever, wherever, wherever uh, he, like, leaves, like, wherever Antonio Brown leaves, he's, it comes out later that he's kind of right. Like, he was kind of... Yeah, like the things he was saying was a little bit on the crazy side, but he wasn't always wrong in what he was trying to do. And this is just going to be—I think it's going to be another one of those cases, which is weird. It's so weird with him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's this is going to be. Well, I'm sure this is one of the many things we're going to be talking about all off season long, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, there were some studs that took you to the promised land. Let's talk about our uh, our big time winners on the fantasy podium. Fantasy Podium. So at the quarterback position, number three on the week, the future MVP, Tom Terrific, Tom Brady, 34 for 50, 410 yards, three touchdowns. He did throw a pick, 27 fantasy points, and, you know, one last time, a big comeback, like you mentioned, Jeff, over the New York Jets. He got it done. Number two was a big surprise, a guy who's, uh, you know, he started off up, 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 and then hit the basement and almost showed some signs of life, fell apart again. But this week, if you had the guts to roll him out, Russell Wilson got it done. 20 for 29, only 236 yards, but four touchdowns and 28 fantasy points. But in back-to-back weeks, Joe Burrow, the Tiger King himself, Patent pending right now on Falcon, Fantasy Falcon Football. The Tiger King, Joe Burrow, 30 for 39, 446, four touchdowns, 35 fantasy points. Woo! Huge day, huge day. Uh, let's check out the running backs. We have Daryl Williams of the Chiefs. He had 14 carries for 88 yards and two scores. Also had three catches for 19 yards. That's 24 fantasy points. Not bad for a handcuff. Number two, Najee Harris took over the game Monday night, uh, 28 carries, 28 carries. I saw a stat about him. He has like 366 touches on the year without a fumble. Knock on wood, uh, hopefully that continues the rest of the way. So he had 28 carries, 188 yards, and a score. Added three catches for 18 yards for 28 points. And number one, just like everybody predicted, Rashad Penny of the Seattle Seahawks, 25 carries, 170 yards, two scores, two catches for 15 yards as well, 32 points. And you watch. This guy run, man. He is a load, so he's got to stay healthy. And, uh, you know, the way Seattle likes to run the ball, it's too bad he didn't get healthy earlier in the year because uh, he's fun to watch. Yeah, and this running back list actually really upsets me because I benched, even though he was number one on my sitting start, Rashad Penny, I benched him because I didn't want to start anyone against my Lions in a nothing match I just made a side bet on. 
Um, <laughs> but he went off. Rashad Penny went off. But more importantly, Daryl Williams is the reason I lost my playoff matchup last weekend because I don't I don't want to get into it too much, but for some reason the first-place team <laughs> with the most points in the league got first waiver wire choice, and I just thought Daryl Williams was going to go to some last-place person. But uh. I don't want to get into it. I had CEH <laughs> as well, but uh, let's go on to the fantasy podium with the wide receivers. Uh, third, DK Metcalf finally shows up with 63 yards, three touchdowns, 28 points. Second, in the same game, uh, the Red Hots, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, uh, 23 rushing yards with a touchdown. I think I'm reading that right. Yeah. And then eight catches, 111 yards with another touchdown. And 31 fantasy points Oof. for the red hot St. Brown out of USC for the Detroit Lions. And first, and I don't think this is a surprise to anybody over the last month, probably won you your fantasy championship uh, with him and Joe Burrow is Jamar Chase. 266 yards on 11 catches and three touchdowns, 50 points. This kid is incredible. I cannot wait to watch him. And the future of wide receivers in this league is bright. Yep, it's a good day to be a pass catcher. I like it. All right, the tight ends, you know, we had a couple of names you'd expect and one that people have expected all season long and he's kind of disappointed but came through if you started him this week. Number three, though, uh, this guy's, you know, carving himself out for sure place at the table of the elite tight ends. Mark Andrews, Mandrews himself, 6 for 89, 12 points. Not a huge week, but, uh, you know, that tells you about the, the level of tight end competition there was this week. Rob Gronkowski was number two. He didn't have a touchdown either. He went seven for 115, 15 fantasy points in half PPR. But number one, Noah Fant of the Denver Broncos, six for 92 and a touchdown. This is what people are hoping for every week. I can tell you I was among the uh, I was among the Fant believers. I acquired him in a trade this year in our LOEG. He spent a lot of weeks in my lineup, but he spent a lot of weeks on the bench too because he's not the most trustworthy, just like his, uh, you know, his quarterback tandem. But 18 points in championship week for Noah Fant. Huge day for him. Yeah, quarterback is the only thing that team is missing. Uh, let's check out the IDPs. We got number three, Chuck Clark, the safety for the Baltimore Ravens, had five and a half tackles, three passes defended, two picks, including a pick six, 22 fantasy points. Number two, I'm sorry, brother Tim, uh, Cam Jordan of the Saints, the defensive end, had seven tackles, three tackles for a loss, including three and a half sacks, 27 points, championship week, huge day. And number one, the you know the defensive player of the year, in our opinion, himself, TJ Watt for the Steelers, five tackles, three tackles for a loss, four sacks, two passes defended. He was all over Baker, and 28 points later, he was our number one IDP. Let's check out uh, the bad now. We got the, was the podium. Let's go to the fantasy flaps. <laughs> Man, you are one pathetic loser. <laughs> fantasy football busts. No offense. <laughs> no, none taken. <laughs> so with the quarterbacks, no surprise here. Mike Glennon had about uh, 30 yards passing, maybe. Nope. Nope. 11... 4 for 11, 24 yards passing, and two picks, two fumbles lost. Nice job, Mike Lennon. Nice to watch you play. Andy Dalton, 18 for 35, 173, and 1-1. Uh, Jalen Hurts, this was disappointing championship week. You, you probably had expectations for him. 17 for 26 for 214 yards, no scores at all, and only 44 rush yards. Tyler Henneke only had 247 yards and a pick. Tyler Huntley, 197 yards and a pick and 54 yard, rushing yards. Not a great day. Derek Carr, uh, a winning effort, 255 yards and a touchdown, but just won the 
touchdown versus two picks, so not a great fantasy day. Matt Ryan let you down all year, 197 yards and a lost fumble, no touchdowns. Trevor, three picks. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, uh, 17 for 27, 193 yards. He did throw a touchdown, but he had three picks. Tua, like we talked about, got beat up by the Tennessee Titans all day. He had 205 yards uh, with a pick and a lost fumble. Davis Mills is who we thought he was, 21 for 32, 163, a touchdown and a pick. Sam Darnold came in, didn't matter. Carolina Panthers are embarrassing, just like their owner says about uh, their coach's contract. 17 for 26, 132 yards, pick and a lost fumble. And Big Ben threw the ball 46 times, only managed 123 yards with a touchdown. He also had a pick, but he also got the W, and that's all that mattered. So that's our uh, flops for the quarterbacks. And moving on to running backs here. Uh, doesn't get much better than the, some of the stats you had, but Jordan Howard, 11 for 26. I don't know what you would be expecting from him. Uh, Rojo got hurt. Ronald Jones uh, with Tampa Bay, uh, only 26 yards. Cordero Patterson is the surprise here. That guy uh, probably got a lot of people to the playoffs, but then has been disappointing over the last three weeks. Javante Williams also has come back down to earth from his hot streak, uh, 14 carries, 30 yards. DeAndre Swift in his first game back, only four carries, 32 yards. Zeke, up and down Zeke, was nine carries. 16 yards dalvin cook nine carries 13 yards who knows what happened there uh nick chubb 12 carries 58 yards probably lost a lot of people their finals give him the ball cleveland oh give him the ball give swift the ball dan campbell comes out and tells everybody he's gonna have the ball as much as he can handle it guy averaged eight yards a carry and you only gave it to him four times (laughs) come on (sighs) <sighs> oh, man. While a lot of wide receivers kill people, there well. are some big names on this list. Tyreek Hill, Mr. Up and Down, the yo-yo man, <laughs> 6 for 40 on 10 targets. Ouch. T. Higgins on the other side of that game, 3 for 62. Makes sense when his teammate had 500 yards and 6 touchdowns receiving, but uh, even Tyler Boyd outperformed him in this one. Uh, Kenny Galladay. Guy earned half a million dollars per reception this year. Do you realize that? Half a million dollars per reception, and he didn't have one in this game. Sorry, bud. Uh, Devonta Smith, you know, regular rookie receiver, up and down, uh, three for 54. Hollywood Brown, yikes. All the Hollywood lovers were out early in the season, and all the haters are feeling vindicated. Three for 28 with a fumble on eight targets. It's hard to blame the guy. He's had a, he's had a rotation at quarterback, but uh, disappointing for sure. Antonio Brown before leaving only three for 26. Michael Pittman. I know Tyler, it's been tough down the stretch here. He's had some tough matchups, but six for 47. Uh, Stefan Diggs, big disappointment uh, after the big season last year. Number three, I believe wide receiver last year and fell back down to earth five for 52 in this one. Devonte Parker after goosing me in the semifinals four for 46 on 13 targets come on to uh, get him the ball oh, and his teammate uh, Jalen Waddle three for 47 on seven targets yuck AJ Brown used up all his superpowers in week 16 this week he only went two for 41 DJ Moore plays for the Panthers so he's on here and CD Lamb <laughs> not living up to what people hope for four for 51 caught all four of his targets but only 51 yards Yikes. Uh, checking out the tight ends. We had Hunter Henry, three catches for 37 yards. Not good. Dawson Knox, goose egg on two targets. And George Kittle, you know, this was uh, uh, pretty devastating for anybody that got to the championship. He put back-to-back bad weeks. Uh, this week he only had one catch for 29 yards on two targets. That could be Trey Lance, uh, so monitor that if you are still alive or playing DFS this week. That is the flops. Let's check out uh, the preview for the Week 18 slate. We got a full slate once again, and let's check out our NFL game previews. 
Al, my prediction is that whoever puts the most points on the scoreboard will probably win tonight's football game. NFL Previews. So first off, we've got two games on Saturday, which is awesome. Uh, starting with the Chiefs and the Broncos. The Chiefs are 11-5, and headed to Denver to play the 7-9 Broncos. It's a 44.5 point over-under with Kansas City a 10-point favorite. Uh, I'm watching the game right now. The Chiefs are coming off a tough loss to Cincinnati, and uh, they're looking to get right before the playoffs start here. Uh, Denver is, you know, I mentioned earlier as well, um, they, have their, they have everything a competitive team needs and wants. They've got a great defense, great running game. They've got um, great receivers as well. All they need is a quarterback. So that's going to be the, obviously the focus in the offseason here. They're not good enough to hang with the Chiefs this week. Uh, so it sounds like Drew Locke's going to play, and that doesn't mean anything to anybody. Um, Gordon Williams, Fant, and Locke all limited to practice. CH still is a no-go. Uh, the S's for me, for sure, are the Mahomes, Kelsey Hill, and Daryl Williams. Uh, and the maybes are the running backs in, in Denver. They're not, um, they're not as easy to trust as they have been. Um, and this is a tough matchup where the Chiefs, like I said, they're going to be looking to get things clicking on all sides of the ball. So I think the Kansas City pulls out a big win on the road here, gets their 12th win, and gets right, right before the playoffs. Yep, Chiefs for me. I got the Chiefs as well. All right, on Saturday we've also got a divisional matchup between the Cowboys and the Eagles. Cowboys at 11 and 5 taking on the 9 and 7 Philadelphia Eagles, 42 and a half point over under and Dallas favored by a touchdown. Uh, both of these teams are in the playoffs. There's no, you know, no chance of the Eagles doing anything fishy. Nate Sudfeld, I don't expect to see him. Um, the Cowboys have clinched the division, but Jerry Jones, you know, Darth Vader himself says the team is going to play to win. They've got nothing really to gain. I guess they could shuffle their position a little bit, but uh, he's he wants to take down the Eagles, keep them out of the double-digit win column. Um, <clears throat> now, looking at, uh, looking at the two teams here, uh, Micah Parsons on the COVID list. There's a small chance that he could test out. He is vaccinated, and with the new regulations, could be out in time. Uh, Tony Pollard was limited so far this week at practice. Jalen Hurts also limited. Uh, Miles Sanders, we don't expect to see him this week. And uh, speaking of the COVID list on the Eagles side, Dallas Goddard, Jordan Howard, and Boston Scott, all currently on the COVID list, um, all have a chance to test out and uh, be active in this one. But it's going to be cutting it pretty close. That would hurt their chances for sure. Um, the yes is for me, you know, I want to roll out my Cowboys, Dak, CD Lamb, Cooper, Pollard, Zeke, Schultz. I think you can put these guys out you know, the Eagles have been pretty strong defensively, but, uh, this is you know, these divisional matchups. You never know what's going to happen, but I know that both of these teams want to beat up on each other. And I know that the Cowboys need to get something creative going, uh, as they go into the playoffs. You know, on the other side, those, those uh, guys that I just said, that's kind of who I'm looking at. If they're active, Boston Scott, I would roll out there. Jalen Hurts, I'd roll out there. Dallas Goddard, I'd roll out there. And the maybes for me, I don't think you can really trust Jordan Howard, even though he was the go-to guy earlier this year. Uh, he has the next stinger. He was limited this past week, and it was all Boston Scott. Um, Devonta Smith, you know, some players are kind of in desperation mode and he's got at least the upside, but, uh, I don't really like the chances against the Dallas D and the Dallas D I think you might be able to roll out. Um, the only concern for me is that the Eagles run the ball so much. It limits their, uh, their, their takeaway ability. And that's where you get the fancy points. So not, not super hot on the Cowboys this week, but I do think they're going to win the game. I'm taking the Eagles. I got a feeling, and especially if Parsons is out, um, I think that could be the difference. So I'm taking Philly. Uh, I got the Cowboys in this one. 
but I don't think you should be able to trust any fantasy players in this game. I think it's one of those games where you don't know who's going to play how many minutes, and I would put everybody on the maybe list as a uh, starter be warned. And that's why uh, you wrap your season, season up in week 17. Exactly. There you go. Uh, our next matchup is, uh, you know, maybe the greatest rivalry in the sport for the last 20 years. It's the Steelers and the Ravens one more time with Big Ben at the helm. Uh, the Steelers are 8-7-1. The Ravens are 8-8. Eight, eight. It's a 4 <laughs> Oh, what? What, Lions and the Bears? Colts uh, Patriots. got a 41 and a half Patriots. point over under. Oh, please. They don't even hit each other. It's like flag football compared to this one. Uh, the Ravens are a five and a half point favorite uh, at home in this one, which has got huge playoff implications for both teams. They need to win. They need some help as well. Uh, this one's kind of like a bookmark and it's kind of nice fitting in. Big Ben's first appearance of his career came when he replaced Tommy Maddox in Baltimore like 18 years ago. So it's kind of fitting that, you know, if we don't make the playoffs, that his last game is in Baltimore against the Ravens. You know, they're – it's in, you know it's a you know it's a respect and true rivalry when the the other team is bringing back vets for the occasion you know what I mean I hear Terrell Suggs is going to make an appearance there's rumors that Ray Lewis may show up Ed Reed might be there as well kind of to send a uh, to have a send off for Big Ben you know an opposing quarterback so um, kind of cool to watch them tip their cap to to the guy that beat them up for so many years and and they beat up for so many years as well uh, but this game is not going to be pretty I'm not going to lie Big Ben did not look great he threw the ball a whole bunch of times for not a lot of yards. If Najee can't run like he did last week, this game could be really ugly. Uh, I don't know who's going to be playing quarterback for the Ravens. Lamar's still not at practice. Uh, Huntley's probably going to be the guy, but Josh Johnson looked okay. And, you know, the Ravens are playing competitive, but it's kind of ugly it's as far as fantasy goes. Um, the big, big story for me, other than the playoff appearances for both teams, would be the T.J. Watt sack chase. Um, I hope he gets there, but, uh, you know, that's obviously a, a huge story for the NFL as a whole. And the yeses, uh, you know, actually, before we get into the yeses, Tyler, why don't you uh, jump in here and give us one of your uh, your sitting starts? This this is a sitting start special. Uh, now that I'm live, I can jump in here like this. I have a sit in this game, and that is Hollywood Brown. This is a rivalry game. You're not wrong. So both these teams are going to want to win. They're both going to play um, all their starters as much as they can. But uh, Brown has kind of sucked lately. He hasn't had a touchdown since week seven. He has less than nine points in three of his last four games. Um, I know that you right now the Baltimore Ravens can kind of put whatever quarterback they want in and still have the same type of offense, but you cannot trust Hollywood Brown if you are still playing. I would put him on the bench. Uh, he should have been on the bench for the last three weeks. I like it. Yeah, the yeses are hard to trust in this one. It's Najee for me, Deontay, and Mark Andrews on the Baltimore side. And, uh, like, I have Hollywood as a maybe, but it's a hard maybe. I know Joe Hayden actually just hit the COVID list. I don't know if he's going to get back in time for this one. You know, that kind of opens it up uh, the secondary in Pittsburgh. That's already been not been that great. But the past game of Baltimore is not great as well. So I really don't trust anybody outside of Najee, Deontay, and Andrews. And I'm really having a tough time picking the Steelers in this game. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to put it out there. I'm saying the Ravens. I don't like it. Boo. We don't need that. I got the Steelers. I have the Steelers as well, and if this is as big a rivalry game as you say, the Ravens will run the ball on every single play so that T.J. Watt cannot get that sack record. <sighs> I hope he jumps over the center like in right before Rudy comes in. He just dives over the center and tackles Hundley before he even hands the ball off. Um, I will say, if it is Hundley in there, um, if you need a desperation shot, 
I wouldn't look to Hollywood Brown. I would actually look uh, to Rashad Bateman. Those two have had a connection this year. Bateman's a good uh, playmaking rookie. And if Joe Hayden is out and that opens things up a little bit, uh, he's got the chance to maybe break one big play and that might be all you need. All right, we've got the other half of this division facing off as well. The Bengals, 10-6, and six, taking on the Brownies, 7-9. and nine. Wah, wah. Sorry, Cleveland. Sorry, LeBron. 38-point uh, over-under, and there's a reason for this. The Browns also favored by 6. You might be sitting at home thinking, what? Uh, the Bengals have clinched the division. They got nothing to really, really nothing to play for, and uh, they've got to make sure they take care of things in the playoffs. So Joe Burrow will not be part of this game. Um, Joe Mixon out with a positive COVID test and it sounds like he's not going to play and Coach Taylor is making a decision on Jamar Chase so you take those three pieces away and uh, Cleveland might end the season on a high note I don't like the fact that the Bengals are this good I don't like the fact as a Steelers fan that after (laughs) half of my life of a Steelers, you know, success story and half my life with the same quarterback. We're heading into a new era just as they're kind of reaching the pinnacle in Cincinnati. I don't like it one bit. Um, there's a tiny chance the Bengals take the first overall seed um, in the AFC if they win and if Kansas City and Tennessee both lose. But uh, it doesn't sound like they're gunning for it very hard. They're resting a couple of guys. Um, this one's going to be messy, and it's, again, one of those ones where uh, the studs that took you all the way to the championship, if you're playing in Week 18, might not even be there. Um, on the Brown side of the ball, uh, Chubb and Hunt were both limited in practice this week, and Baker is done for the year. Um, he just, you know, he's seeing ghosts the way Sam Darnold did. He wakes up in a cold sweat every night with uh, TJ Watt's face right in his, and uh, he's having surgery. He's sitting out the last one of the year, so... Tough to love anybody, honestly. Um, There are obviously some elite players on these two teams, but uh, I don't like rolling any of them out. I guess Chubb and Hunt, whoever's, you know, maybe both, maybe one if they're active. Uh, Maybe Samaj P. Ryan. I don't really like it. I don't want Case Keenum. I don't want, I don't even know who the backup in in Cincinnati is. That's terrible, but uh, I don't want it. I don't like it. I don't want it. And uh, I think the Bengals have kind of... Allen. Allen Robinson? Brandon Allen, I think. No, yeah, <laughs> well um, yeah, I think that the Bengals have kind of washed their hands of this one, and they're looking forward, and I think the Browns are, are going to go gunning for a win. They're going to get it. Yeah, I got Cleveland as well. I also have the Browns. I think Semaje Perrine will be the fantasy star of this game. Ooh, there you go. Uh, our next matchup is a division rivalry for the storybooks. One of the you know the all-time greatest rivalries in <laughs> sports. Two competitive teams always. You know you're going to get two playoff caliber rosters. It's the Packers at 13 and three going to Detroit Rock City to face the two 13 ugh, and one Lions. 44 and a half point over under with Green Bay a four point favorite. They're only a four point favorite. With Cincy, where they start resting guys early in this one. Uh, Roger says he will play, but we don't know how, for how long. Uh, he probably throw four touchdowns in the first half and then call it a day. Um, but I do want to, you know, Kyle mentioned this when we were talking about Coach of the Year. Dan Campbell has made Detroit football fun again. I think that's fair. You know, I, I checked them out and I'm a lot closer than I have in the last couple of years because of Dan Campbell. And uh, I think you know, they might actually turn things around and maybe get to, to four wins in the same season next year. So um, good luck to you and the Lions. Um, as far as fantasy in this game, though, uh, not a lot to love because of 
the uncertainty in Green Bay and uh, just because of what Detroit does. Um, so, oh, wait a minute. We got another Tyler, this jumping is in another here. sitting start special. Yeah. Another sitting start special. And also, I just learned today that never get on Jeff's bad side. Once you're on his bad side, it is ruthless. <laughs> um, I would start, So as far as sitting start, this is another sit. And I would say sit both Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. You might be tempted because they are one and two and the running back and someone has to run the ball. But it is a v- playing against Dan Campbell's Detroit football team. It is very hard to let your starters go out there because you know every single player on that team is going out there biting knees so look for third string running back patrick taylor to get a lot of playing time next to jordan love in this game uh you do not want to play against a detroit Lions team uh that actually has a coach to play for when you are when you have nothing to play for um it, it doesn't make sense to have any starter out there in this game Ooh, i like it um, yeah, it's super tough to pick any guesses or maybes. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown's been on fire, so if you are still playing in the league, you probably uh, fire him up. I'm hoping DeAndre oh, Swift yeah. gets more work than he got last week. But it's tough to say, right? And then all the Packers, like uh, Tyler said, you really can't trust any of them. Um, you know, the Packers D, they're probably going to rest I, the starters as well. So, yeah. I uh, I actually I have two sitting starts in this in the special. I have the sit down the uh, running backs for Green Bay, and I have a start of Amon Ross St. Brown. How could I forget? Uh, last week, uh, one of my managers, actually, one of the managers in my other league sat St. Brown, and it infuriated me. Uh, I was playing against him, and there's nothing more satisfying than when you have a hot player and you play him against an owner that actually is a diehard fan of that team. And he sat him down, and it made me angry all day. But uh, St. Brown went off again he, uh, in his last five games in a row he has at least 15 points uh he's had 11 targets eight catches and 73 yards in each of those outings he's got four touchdowns over that span he is a must start another sitting start special must start for your fantasy lineup this week if you happen to still be playing sorry to interrupt you there no i like it all the passion is from lions fans something excited um I still think Green Bay wins this one i I think matt lafleur is actually one win away from breaking the all-time record for most wins as a coach in his first blah 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 seasons so um and I think Detroit does what they do. They end up losing this game, but it's going to be a tight one. Not me. I got the Lions, baby. Motor City, Dan Campbell, and the Detroit Lions take this one. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think it's. I think it comes down to uh, the Green Bay starters getting out there, you know, keeping their active streaks, getting a little, going through the game day routine, but. Uh, they're not going to be in there for long. Maybe by the end of the first quarter, we're seeing, um, you know, the new era, the Jordan Love era, and it's not pretty. All right, speaking of not pretty, I'm not going to pay too much attention to this one except for the outcome because it is important for the Titans. Titans at 11-5, and five, taking on the Houston Texans at 4-12, and 43-point over under. Tennessee are favored by 10. Um, this is, you know, I, I said Mike Vrabel is my coach of the year, and this is where he proves it because if they win this game – they clinch number one. They clinch that solo bye in the first round. And like you mentioned, Jeff, Derrick Henry might be back just in time for them to have an extra week off and then go on a playoff run. That is a scary prospect for all those other teams. Uh, looking at the practice reports, the only player of note that was limited is Julio, and I don't know how much of a player of note he is this year. Uh, not so good. Um Let's keep it pretty simple, guys. The yeses for me, A.J. Brown, I think he bounces back. Um, 
Deonta Foreman is the back that I would want in this one. And on the other side of the ball, it's only Brandon Cooks. Um, I don't think Rex Burkhead is going to uh, get the volume. I think that the Texans are going to be trailing in this one and uh, throwing it out. And I think that Titans defensive front is going to stifle him. Uh, I put Julio on the list with ha in brackets. So ha ha, no. Um, But my question for you guys, you're a desperate fantasy football manager who's been sitting on Derrick Henry on IR, and he's declared active. Now, to be clear, he's not actually activated yet, but they've opened the window. He's practicing. Are you rolling out King Henry in your Week 18 championship, or what can you do? Go ahead, Tyler. Uh, The answer is no. Do not put him in your lineup. Don't put anybody in this game in your lineup. I would say the only person that's a yes in this game is Brandon Cooks. I think the Titans are up 30 Uh, at halftime, and I don't think anybody in the second half gets any meaningful time at all. Do not start Derrick Henry. Don't be that person. There's other people that got you this far. Don't go back to Derrick Henry. Ooh, Jeff, do you agree? I don't know. I think I'd start Dante Foreman. Well, I think, yeah, I'm off on Henry this week. They may bring him in just to get some reps, but I don't think – I mean, they're they're in the playoffs, right? If they had to clinch a playoff spot, then maybe, but uh, But they're in. But the bye, uh, they can clinch the bye. They'll clinch yeah, it at halftime. I half think Dante Foreman is showing that. <laughs> yeah, because Dante Foreman is showing that he's capable of running back coming off that terrible injury. He's put up great weeks the last couple of weeks, and this is still Houston they're playing. So uh, I think you can win without Henry and um, still get that bye. And uh, yeah, so Foreman and Cooks for me for sure. AJ Brown, you know, if they do get up big and he's not the reason they got up big, he may sit uh, earlier than you want him to. So he's hard to trust, but I think the Titans win big time. Yeah, all three of us have the Titans in this one. Oh, man, I can't believe I'm excited about this next game, but I have all <laughs> eyes on the Colts at 9-7, going to Jacksonville to face the 2-14 and 14 Jags. 44-point over-under with Indies, a 15-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, no. Uh, so the scenario is the Steelers need to win their game, and then they need the Jags to beat the Colts. And basically they have a playoff spot as long as the Chargers and the um, Raiders don't tie in the last game of the year. But... Obviously, the biggest part of this is the Jags need to beat the Colts, which is a 2-14 and 14 team with a generational quarterback who's playing generationally bad. Um, and the Colts team that needs to win, and they're too good to not win in this game. So uh, we're not going to spend too much time talking about it. I'm a Jags fan this weekend because of the playoff situation for the Steelers. I don't trust anybody on their side of the ball for fantasy purposes. Uh, I'm trusting Jonathan Taylor. I'm starting the Colts D, and I'm probably starting Michael Pittman in this one. Other than that, I'm, I don't trust anybody, and I'm taking the Colts, unfortunately. Yeah, I've got the Colts, but I want it to be the Jags. I want to see them do what they did to uh, Buffalo, where they just stifled everything, and it was a field goal battle. I have the Colts as well, and I think this is one of those games where if you're playing fantasy in Week 18, you know the Colts need to win, so you should be rolling out. You should pick up Carson Wentz on the waiver wire if he's there. Roll him out. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, obviously, he'll have 150 yards in the first half with like three touchdowns. Uh, but you have to play the Colts players here if you're st- starting in Week 18. They have everything in the world to play for, and I think they win. Oh man, I don't I, see. I I figured this out wrong. I tried to I tried to give Jeff the ones I didn't want to talk about, but I miscalculated. I gave myself this one: the Bears at six and ten, taking on the Vikings at seven and nine, 44 and a half point over under, and Minnesota favored by three and a half. Literally not anything on the line in this one. Two disappointing teams off two disappointing seasons. Two teams that might be in the market for a new head coach. Maybe they'll just switch. Maybe Nagy will go to uh, Minnesota and Zimmer will head to Chicago. Um, It sounds like the Bears have already kind of 
hush hush announced you know it's not a big surprise but that Matt Nagy won't be back uh, I don't know if if uh, Mike Zimmer's going to get another chance in Minnesota or not it's been it's been a disappointing tenure and uh, hasn't gotten much better since they added uh, Kirk Cousins Cousins should be back in this one and Justin Fields should be under center for the Bears like I said so at least you'll get to see a little bit here um, but just playing for pride on the Bears' side of the ball, uh, Jimmy Graham, non-injury DNP. I think that's just called being 100 years old and getting a day off practice. Uh, but Jakeem Grant, you know, kind of come on strong as a deep target. He used a DNP with an ankle injury, so obviously uh, that affects the Bears' chances and Justin Fields' chances if you're rolling with him in your championship. <sighs> the yeses and the maybes are the same for me. The list is Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, maybe Kirk Cousins, maybe Justin Fields, and David Montgomery, and it all depends how long you think the starters are in this one. If you think that they play out this full game for pride, roll them out there. If you think that the starters get a little bit of action and then maybe they want to see some of the understudies, I wouldn't want them in my lineup. Uh, you could take a real long shot on Darnell Mooney or KJ Osborne, but uh, I don't want any part of this. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to read about it. And I certainly don't want to watch it or start any of my uh, Bears or Vikings in championship week. All that being said, looks like a sweep across the board. Purple and gold. Vikes take it home. And I do want to say something yep, about this game, actually, Kyle. As well. uh, and as terms of, uh, I got the Vikings as well, but in terms of if you have a league that starts or has their finals in the last week of the season, this is the type of game that you want to start all these players. All these guys would be yeses for me. Whoa. Dalvin, Jefferson, Cousins, Fields, Monty, Mooney. Because it's that's what Goodell did, is he made all the division games on the last week of the season just so that if you're eliminated from the playoffs, you don't want to lose to the Bears. Nobody wants to lose. To, like It's an it's a in-division rivalry, and they don't have any players that are coming up that are, let's see what this guy looks like. So Cousins is going to play the whole game. Uh, Jefferson might sit. Uh, but I would start every – if you're in a Week 18, these are the one games that you have to trust. You have to trust that nobody has anything to play for but pride, and that's what they're going out there for. So I would start all of the players um, that you can on in this game specifically. Yeah. <laughs> well, well yeah, I wonder if you feel the same about the next one because it's another division matchup. It's on the last Ooh. week of the season, and I don't think there's enough pride in the world to make me start any of these guys. <laughs> Uh, it's the Washington football team at 6-10 and 10 going to New York to face the 4-12 and 12 Giants. 38-point uh, over-under with Washington, 7-point favorite on the road. Yeah, everyone gets to play one more game, so the Giants and the football team are going to do it. Uh, you know, there's some news in Washington. They're going to announce their new team name on the 2nd of February. It sounded like it leaked about 40 minutes later, so we'll see if that's true. But, um, yeah. yeah, Washington's very similar to Denver where they kind of have everything else, you know what I mean, other than a quarterback. They have a great – you know, solid defense that, you know, kind of underachieved this year, but Chase Young was out there. They were banged up. Uh, they got, you know, great position players and, you know, Terry McLaurin and Logan Thomas and, and Antonio Gibson, but they don't have that quarterback. So it's uh, it's going to be a point of focus, I'm sure, for the Ron Rivera and the Washington football team this offseason. And the Giants are just really bad at football. I mean, they got beat up with injuries. They make bad decisions. Uh, but, you know, the Joe Judge era has been really, really bad. They, they don't put up points. So you can't trust basically any of them in fantasy, including Saquon Barkley. Um, I might start him in this matchup, but, I mean, overall, he's been disappointing. Um, oh, wait a minute. We got another. You coming in here, Tyler? Uh, it's a sitting start special. And I would say this is another one of those games, but there's no good players on either of these teams. Barkley's been a dud all year. McLaurin's been a dud all year. But if Washington chooses to sit 
Gibson out of this game because of his past injuries and and he has been banged up the last three weeks. I would consider Jared Patterson a must-start fantasy option in all leagues. With Gibson out week 17 against Philadelphia, Patterson had 12 carries, 57 yards, and a touchdown, along with five catches on five targets for 41 yards. He would be a must-start week 18 player for me in Jared Patterson. And I got Washington winning this. The Washington Admirals take it home. There you go. Well, and I will say this is the type of year, you know, even if you're not playing fantasy football, if your season's over, if you're not in week 18 league or you don't play DFS, you still got to monitor how teams utilize positions, right? Like if Riverboat loves a guy, he keeps him on the field, like Antonio Gibson. So, or, you know, if the, the Vikings, you know, when they get a running back, they t- tend to believe in the bell cow where the Bears, or say, you know, not the Bears, but uh, another team might use committees. So if the coaching staff stays in place, this is kind of trends you can monitor now to use for your fantasy year next year uh, when you're doing a draft. Say, oh, yeah, the, the Vikings love their bell cow, so that is a better handcuff. I'm just throwing that out there now because the Washington Giants game, there's nothing to talk about. Um, yeah, I'm, starting, <laughs> I'm taking Washington as well, and I'm starting nobody other than Patterson. I like the sounds of that Washington Giants. Maybe they should just combine their two rosters into one team franchise. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! All right. Well, we've got the Saints at eight and eight taking on the Falcons at seven and nine. Forty point over under in New Orleans favored by four and a half points. The Saints. Neither of these records seems right. It seems like both of them should be lower, and somehow the Saints still have a chance of making the playoffs. If they win and the Forty ers lose. They are going to get the final wild card spot. That seems unbelievable if you've watched much of the Saints play football lately. Um, on the other side of the ball, Kyle Pitts, you know, he, we don't know if he's going to be active, but he is still shooting his shot for that all time rookie tight end receiving record. Now, unlike, uh, you know, TJ Watt, he's been in all the games and he's actually played, he'll have played three extra games. Um, I think that record was set in only a 14-game season. But, uh, you know, we were talking off-air about uh, the hot takes that us three had. And one of them was that I I had called that Kyle Pitts will finish as a top-five fantasy tight end. And as much of a disappointment as he's been for his his draft capital, uh, he's right up there. He's right around the top five. And the fact that, you know, even in an extended season, he's in the range for this yardage shows what a big part of this offense he's become. Now, looking at the practice reports, uh, you know, like I said, Pitts with the hamstring wasn't in practice, so keep an eye on that. Um, <clears throat> on the other side of the ball, Mark Ingram and Traquan Smith both limited in this one. Uh, not a lot to love. I think you have to, you mentioned it, Tyler. Patterson carried people to the playoffs, and he's kind of fallen off. I think if you've got Cordell Patterson, you made it this far. Unless you've got a better option, I think you've got to roll him out there. Alvin Kamara, for sure. You take your lumps, but uh, sometimes he pays you back with a six-touchdown game like he did last year. Uh, Taysom Hill, you know, the the floor is high for him under center. And uh, Kyle Pitts, if he's out there, you got to roll him out. There are a few maybes you might be able to roll with. If Traquan Smith is out, I think Marquez Callaway, um, you know, the preseason new hotness who never really panned out, he might pan out for you this week. And uh, for the Falcons, Russell Gage and Mike Davis, if you're desperate, if you're throwing darts, uh, you know, those are certainly two guys in the NFL that you might be able to start. I wouldn't, but you could. They're legally available on your platform. Uh, I think that the Saints. I think the Saints win. I think they give themselves a chance to make it to the offs. You know what? I'm changing my mind. Last second here. I'm taking the Falcons. Oh. I don't know why. I just got a hunch here. I'm taking Hotlanta. 
It's because it's because you saw me. You yeah. saw my pick was Falcons. <laughs> I'm going with the Atlanta Falcons. Oh. I think they play. Spoiler I'm changing it back to Saints. the Saints. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do think that it's tough with Patterson, but you got to dance with the girl that brought you to the prom. So you got to keep Patterson in your lineup, I believe. Uh, our next matchup, another division matchup. It's week 18. It's the 4-12 and 12 Jets going to Buffalo to face the 10-6 and 6 Bills. It's 41-point over-under with the Bills a 16-point favorite at home. Uh, last game before the playoffs. I mentioned this earlier. Zach Wilson is playing a lot better as of late, but it will not matter in this one. The Bills are you know, looking to get hot and stay hot heading into the playoffs, and I think that continues. Uh, Braxton Barrios has been a nice story for the Jets the last couple weeks, so if you're playing, you can probably start him. Um, he's, he's limited in practice right now with a quad injury. Michael Carter is out with a concussion. Crowder and Manny Sanders, Cole Beasley, all limited in practice right now. It's early in the week. Monitor that. Uh, I'm definitely starting my Bills. They need to win this one as well. So Allen, Diggs, Singletary, the Bills D is starting. Uh, my maybes are the Wilson and the Braxton Berrioses, and I'm taking Buffalo at home. Yep, Buffalo for me. Bills. <laughs> All right, speaking of Bills, Bill Belichick and the Patriots 10-6, and six, taking on the Dolphins at 8-8, eight and 40-point eight, over-under, New England favored by 6.5. We're going to move things along here, Falcomaniacs. We've got a long episode getting you ready for Week 18. Um, the Patriots are back in the playoffs, like Tyler mentioned. Uh, they could actually, they have a teensy chance of winning the division if the Bills somehow choke it out against the Jets and the Patriots win. They are going to be back on top. Um, looking at practice, no one, you know, no one's super useful, but Nelson Aguilar and Brandon Bolden both limited. Uh, Harris, I guess, uh, limited with the hamstring. We saw Stevenson take over last week and Jacoby Myers limited. Devontae Parker has not practiced yet this week, but non-injury. So just something personal going on. And uh, before I get to the yeses and nos, Tyler, why don't you hit us with a sitting start special? Uh, this one, I have a sit to a tag of Iola. I would not play him. Uh, even if the Patriots don't play all their starters, their defense is still going to go out there and defense. So uh, Miami's offense <laughs> only scored three points last week, and fans were calling for Tua to be benched. And this game is also in Miami, so I wouldn't be surprised if they just put Jacoby Brissett in there so that Tua doesn't have to get booed all night. Yeah, the good news is if you've got two on your team, you probably didn't make it to Week 18. Womp womp. Um, <laughs> yeah, on the yeses, uh, I think Waddle, you're throwing him out there. And uh, if Harris is in there, you can probably trust him. But Harris or Stevenson, that's about it. That's all I want. Tua, no way. Mac Jones might hand the ball off 100 times. Parker, you know, isn't isn't in there and he goosed me so i'm bitter i'm saying no and uh it's too risky it's too risky maybe the patriots defense uh like you said defense is going to defense so uh i think the patriots win this one and it's not going to be pretty yeah i'm taking the pats as well uh, our next game is uh, the Sweet panthers at 511 head to tampa bay oh sorry tyler i did not mean that the way it came yeah, uh, Panthers of five and eleven are going to Tampa Bay to face the twelve and four Bucks. It's a forty-one half point over/under with Tampa Bay an eight-point favorite at home. AB retired. Now the position or the wide receiver room in Tampa Bay it was a position of strength at the start of the year is now maybe a weakness for the defending champs. Obviously, Godwin's out for the year. Mike Evans isn't one hundred percent right now. AB uh, is not on the team, and uh, so they're looking at guys like Cyril Grayson Jr. Um, who had a great coming out party last week and put up two touchdowns, but I don't know if you can trust him. Uh, the big story in this one, Tom Brady needs approximately 488 yards to break the single season record that uh, Peyton Manning currently holds. So he's probably going to get it because he wants it. 
And uh, on the other side, the Panthers have an embarrassing contract for the coach. That's the news out of Carolina from the owner. I'm embarrassed by the contract for my coach. Not mm. great. Uh, practice report. Roby Anderson did not practice. Antonio Brown is dead to the Bucks. Bruce, uh, Mike Evans and Rojo are also uh, not practicing early in the week. I'm starting Brady. I'm starting Evans. I'm starting Cyril or Cy Grayson Jr. <laughs> Cyril. And uh, I'm starting more because I think the Panthers are going to be behind and chucking it. Uh, my maybes are Le'Veon Bell, Chuba Hubbard, and Sam Darnold. I'm taking the Bucks. Oh, yucka duty. I think the Bucks are going to win, but uh, yeah, it's. I think I think you're right. Brady's just going to throw, 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 and get that record. I disagree. I'm going with the Bucks, but I do not think Brady gets the record. Ooh, well, it's a big, it's a big ask. 488 yards is a pretty big ask, especially uh, when you only play half the game. Well, that's true. That's true. You never know. All right, we've got uh, the Seahawks. You know, clinging to life last week with that 51 point offensive performance. They're at six and ten, taking on the Arizona Cardinals at 11 and five, 48 point over under, and Arizona favored by six and a half. The Cardinals are back in the playoffs. They never thought they'd get back after what Big Ben and company did to them. Uh, you know, a decade ago now, I guess. But uh, here they are, five years five years since their last appearance. They're back. If they win and the Rams lose, the Cardinals can win their division. Uh, but they're going to have to outscore the Seahawks. Russ exploded back onto the scene last week, and he could look to showcase one last time against the new Russ. Kyle, Kyler Murray, kind of the new Russ. And uh, the old Russ might be, you know, padding his resume for his new team next year. Looking at the practice reports, DK Metcalf, the big savior of a lot of Week 17 championships, or the big uh, you know boner that you left on your bench last week, he's limited. James Conner limited. Uh, no practice so far this week for Chase Edmonds or Zach Ertz, although Ertz was non-injury. And uh, rookie Rondell Moore, who nobody's going to be starting this week, was limited in practice. And before we go on, you know what it is. It's Tyler with a sitting start. Sitting starts special, and also I would like to say that people who did not start DK Metcalf last week is actually probably, I don't know how you start him after the four weeks he had before that, but I digress. Uh, sitting starts special this week, Rashad Penny versus the Cardinals. Arizona's run defense has allowed 100 total yards in the last three, four, has allowed a runner to have 100 total yards in the three of the last four games. Seattle will be looking to spoil the last regular season game against uh, an opponent in their division. I would start Rashad Penny, and I would start him with confidence. I like it. Yeah, DK DK this year is like Miles Sanders to me last year. You just you can't trust him, you can't trust him, you can't trust him, and then as soon as you put him on the bench, he goes boom. Um, I want to start everybody in this one. I don't think either defense is going to be able to stop the other team. I want Kyler out there. I want Christian Kirk out there. Connor, Russell, DK, Lockett, Penny, absolutely. Um, I'm even looking at the maybes. AJ Green and Ertz, I think I would do it. Uh, just because I think this is going to be kind of a boat race game. And uh, Chase Edmonds is the one for me. If Connor's healthy and and active um, and Edmonds hasn't practiced, I don't I don't feel good about that just because of how good Connor's been. But I think the Cardinals take care of business. I don't think Seattle can uh, do what they did last week. No, I mean, yeah, I think, you know, the Cardinals – or sorry, Seattle put up 51 points last week, but they gave up 29 to Susan Boyle and the Detroit Lions. And so their defense is not great. <laughs> And uh, the Cardinals are going to do work. So, sorry. <laughs> Everything seems like a personal attack. I love Dan Campbell. Uh, but I think the Cardinals get the job done here. I got the Cardinals as well. All right, a couple more games to get through. This one is going to be a doozy. 9-7 49ers go to the Los Angeles to face the 12-4 Rams. 44-point over-under with the Rams a 4.5-point favorite. This is a 
Massive, massive game for both teams. Uh, you know, playoff positioning for the Rams, potentially looking at a matchup with the Cowboys in the, the first week of the playoffs if everything, uh, you know, ended the way it is at, uh, right now. And the 49ers need to win to get in. Um, I just saw a stat about Debo Samuel that blew my mind. First player ever to have 1,300 uh, receiving yards in a season and 300 rushing yards in that same year. So he's doing things we've never seen. Um, but obviously the big story in this one is the quarterback for San Francisco. Is it Trey Lance? Is it Jimmy G? And how does that affect the, the skill position players? Um, this is a huge ri rivalry. The Rams' defense is playing great. They are second in the league in sacks right now. Um, but the 49ers have actually won five in a row against the Rams. So um, I know Stafford wasn't there for most of that, but uh, you know we saw him get beat up pretty good again in Baltimore against a bad defense. The 49ers don't have a bad defense. They're really good. So um, this one's going to be a slobber knocker. I think this one's our slobber knocker of the week, Kyle. Um, as far as the practice report goes, we got Jimmy G is limited. Elijah Mitchell early in the week is not practicing. And Cam Akers, full participant in practice. This is like one of the craziest, most inspiring stories ever. I hope he is 100% good to go and is able to play. Uh, it'll, you know, I'll be rooting for him for sure. Um, my yeses and maybes in this one are very dependent on the quarterback situation in San Francisco. I'm starting Debo for sure, and I'm starting Mitchell for sure. I'm Definitely, you know, I'm probably starting Kittle as well because of who he is. And I'm starting all the Rams, uh, OBJ, Cup, Stafford, and Sony Michelle. Um, but I'm probably putting guys like Ayuk on the bench if it's Lance. And Tyler Higby's not probably not start for me because of the de defense in San Francisco. Uh, it looks like I'm the only one here taking the 49ers on the road, but I think the Shanahan gets it done here and they win six in a row against the Rams. No way. Matt Stafford's going to bounce back and, uh, you know, get this team rolling on their way into the playoffs. The Rams are going to win. I also say Rams win. All right. Last game of the week, and I love it. We've got the Chargers and Raiders both at 9-7. and seven. Divisional rivalry, 49.5 point over under. Three-point favorites are the Chargers, and this is exactly what you want to end the season. This is a straight-up win, and you're in, at least for the Chargers. If the Raiders lose, they could technically still be in if both the Steelers and the Colts lose, but let's just call it a win and you're in. There are a lot of teams in the NFL, you know, that are kind of praying that the Raiders get it done one more time and keep Justin Herbert out of the playoffs. They don't want that risk. I don't know, though. Can the Chargers run defense stop Josh Jacobs? Probably not. Can the Raiders defense stop anything that the Chargers want to do? Probably not. I think 49.5 is a low over-under. I'd take the over on this one. I think it's going to be back and forth couple of limited Raiders here. Jacobs and Waller. Waller looking like he might be healthy for the first time. I know I said that last week. I tricked myself even. But it uh, looks like this could be the week. Championship week for some people. Deshaun Jackson had a, you know, like I said with Jimmy Graham, a day off for being 100. But uh, he's, he's you know, he's on the team. He's out there. Uh, the yeses for me, though, Josh Jacobs is, is really the only yes. I guess Darren Waller, if he's healthy. Um, for the Raiders, but on the other side of the ball, Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen, and Austin Eckler, they are roll, roll, roll. This is a must-win for high-skill fantasy assets. This is the kind of game where you want to start your studs because they got to be studly to get their team to the playoffs. Now, on the maybes, there's a couple of receivers for the uh, for the Raiders. Zay Jones has come on strong over the last month. Hunter Renfro, you know, has blown up this season, especially in the games that Waller's been inactive. Um, I don't know that I can trust any of them, but you could certainly take a flyer on them. And the ultimate flyer, Mike Williams, he's been wide receiver one on the week. He's been wide receiver 101 on the week. And uh, if you roll him out there, you're just putting your hands together and praying to the fantasy gods for some good karma. 
Um, this is a tough one, man. I'm the only guy saying this, but I think the Raiders, my second favorite team, my West Coast Steelers, the silver and black, I think they're going to honor John Madden and get the win and get to the playoffs. Ooh, I'm I taking the Chargers, Chargers and, I, and I'm surprised. Think, yeah, go ahead. I think you I, start I Mike Williams and I think you start Renfro. Yeah. Yeah. I start Renfro now, for sure and I'm what probably if, starting Carr, especially if I think the Raiders win. Now, what if the Colts lose and these guys just take Neils for a tie so that they both can <laughs> Yeah, that – and we should mention that. If the, yeah, they could – in that scenario, they could tie the game and both get into the playoffs. Uh, I don't think that happens, though. No. That'd be an art form in itself, really. If they're able to, like, <laughs> would they make tie. them? Would they make them do it? Could the teams just go and say, you know what, we're not going to play. We're both just going to like. Is Goodell it like, would make them do it? Is it like For baseball sure. now, right, where you don't so have to throw? You don't have to throw the four balls. You can just say, "I'm walking this guy." Like, or maybe oh, they just punt God, back and God. forth. Maybe they just punt on first down, back and forth. Oh, well. Anyways, uh, you know what? <laughs> We've taken up enough of your time, Maniacs. We don't need to get into nonsense like that. But before we go... <laughs> Propose <we>, ties. <laughs> <laughs> we do have a couple of things that, uh, yeah, if the if the coin toss lands right on its edge, you know we're in for uh, a real treat. Yeah, um, we're, we have a couple of things we want to get to before we, uh, you know, sign off for the NFL regular season. And uh, one of them actually was inspired by our special guest here, inspired by Tyler um, you shared a link, Tyler, in our Sorry for Partying League group chat, uh, courtesy of the score that had all of the records that are up for grabs with this extra week this season. So I just wanted to quickly go through them and ask you guys uh, which ones you think will be broken, whether you think, yes, it will be or no, it won't be broken this week. And let's just do this real quick. We'll go Jeff, Tyler, and myself. Just give me a yes or a no. So first off, we got TJ Watt with the sack record. He needs a sack and a half to beat Strahan's record of 22 and a half in a season. Uh, Jeff, Tyler, Kyle, do you think yes or no? Yep. Does he get it? Yep. 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 All right. What about Jalen Waddle? This one hasn't been talked about as much. He only needs three catches to break Anquan Bolden's rookie receptions record of 101 receptions. Does Jalen Waddle get it this week? I think so, yep. I also think so, yes. Yeah, I think they force it into his hands till he gets three. All right, Micah Parsons, we know he's on the COVID list, but assuming that he can clear it in time for Saturday's game, he needs two sacks to break Javon Curse's rookie record of 14 and a half sacks. Can he get two sacks this week? I hope so, but I don't think he does. I also don't think he does. I go no. I think he does. I think they'll send him just to get it. I think if they sent him more on the pass, he'd be well past that already this year, the way he plays. Uh, we talked about this one a little bit, but Tom Terrific needs 488 yards to surpass his uh, his ultimate rival, Peyton Manning's season record of 5,477 yards. I think he gets it. What about you two guys? No, I don't think so. I mean, the Panthers are a lot of things, but their D is pretty good, so I think they can hold them under 488 I do not think he gets it either. Oh, fine then. Um, and uh, there's one in here. We've already had a record broken. Jamar Chase already broke the rookie receiving yards record that was set just last year by Justin Jefferson. So either we've had the two best rookie receivers in NFL history come through in the last two seasons, or things are getting a little bit easier uh, transitioning from the college game to the pro game. But what about this last one? This one I know Tyler's going to hurt you a little bit. Two records up for grabs for Cooper Cup. He needs just 12 catches and 136 yards to break the single-season receiving receptions record set by Michael Thomas, 144 receptions, 
and the yardage record set by Calvin Johnson, 1,964 yards. Now, that's not a small game. 12 for 136. That would be a big game, but uh, definitely doable. What do you guys think? Has he got either one of those done? I think he gets the yards, but not the catches. I completely agree with that statement. I think he gets the yards, unfortunately, but I don't think he gets the catches. Really? I I yeah. think that I think that he could if they're focused on it, they could get him the catches and if they do that then he gets the yards. So I think he I think he's uh, got a good chance for getting both of them. I think he'll break 2000 yards. Ooh. But it doesn't count. Crazy. Asterix, asterix. All right, well, before we go, Falcomaniacs, you know, we say it all season long. We're all about helping you, the listeners, and uh, we want to give some quick shout-outs to our league champions. You know what? We weren't worthy to roll with you. Our Silver City League champion, one of my original leagues, congrats to Rick, to Mr. Cool. You got it done in the finals. In the LaRange Couch Potatoes, my dynasty league I play in out west, congratulations to Mr. B. Kelly with the feelers. You did it, buddy. Oh, and, uh, yeah. Nate, 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 Nate. Yeah, Nate, well, I was going to let Tyler Nate, talk Nate, about Nate, I was going to let Tyler talk Nate about this one. Great. Nate the Great. Not you only, did it. Not only did he win, he took down the villain. He took yeah. out the worst player in the history of... He took Brad out and made this whole year <laughs> worth it for me. So thank you, Nate. You're great. Yeah. Tyler's got two trophies in the mail for you, Nate. One for winning the league and one for making sure that Brad did not win the league. So congrats. Congrats to all those winners. We also, the League of Note, the reason we started this podcast, uh, you know, 91 episodes ago, the League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, we crowned a first-time winner this year. It was between Tim and uh, Geister, two longtime members. Geister pulled out the big win, and, uh, you know, I think I said at the start of the episode I was rooting for Tim. I don't think rooting was the correct word. Uh, I thought Tim had a better chance to win it based on the rosters and the way they were trending, uh, but Geister got the big W, so congrats to him. I know that's a big load off his shoulders. He works very hard. He set himself up. He works very hard in the offseason, and he set himself up on draft day to be in a really good spot, dealt with a whole bunch of drama all year long, and still stuck to his guns and set a full lineup in the finals. So I'm proud of you for that too, buddy, and uh, congrats on the big win. I'll get you that trophy as soon as I can. And Tyler, what about you and your other leagues? Any? Uh, I know you've got one active league actually this week, right? Yeah, I do, and I don't care about it. They can do whatever they want. Stupid week 18. <laughs> That's the spirit. It's all about friendship and camaraderie and good sportsmanship. All right. Well, thanks for bearing with us, Falcomaniacs. Tyler, it has been an absolute pleasure, as always, having you on here, buddy. We really appreciate it. Thank you, guys. I love coming on. Yeah, I can echo that. I echo that statement, even if uh, you know the, the podcast didn't feel like it. I always love having you on, buddy. <laughs> Whoa, when did you get here? <laughs> no, it's been a blast. And uh, Falcomaniacs, thank you for listening this season. We hope that uh, we hope we gave you a couple of laughs, and we hope that we maybe gave you a couple of nuggets of information that helped you. Uh, whether you got those fantasy Falcon championships or not, we hope you had a good season, had a lot of fun and that you stick with us in the off season. We're going to be breaking down everything that happened this year. We're going to be looking for some trends that can help us going into next year, talking about the NFL draft, previewing everything that you need, because you know what? Week 18 is over this weekend and 2022 starts the next day. I love it. I love this game. I love both of you guys, two of my treasured commissioners. And uh, I love doing this show. If you can't get enough of us, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter 
at Falcomaniacs Football. And if you want to get a hold of us through the offseason, email the show at fantasyfalconfootball at gmail.com. Or, as always, leave a voice message using the link in the show descriptions. We're going to be asking you those questions of the week and uh, for the two-minute drills, and we want to hear from you, Falcomaniacs. So have fun. Relax if your league is over. But if it's not, go out and get those Fantasy Falcon Championships. And remember to set your Falcon lineups.